Welcome to Philosophy Live, everybody, for whatever the date is today. We're going to do the happiness show, which was a favorite old topic on the old show. Um, in studio today is me, whatever my fake name is. Nick Jade. Dr. Leslie, Dr. Campbell. No, my name is Louise Campbell. There's, I'm not a doctor. Everyone's a fucking doctor on this show, man. <laughs> That's how this shit works. I'll take it. Um, and also, in, in studio... Dr. Kylie is running tech. We have special guest in the studio today, an expert on happiness. Dr. Taylor. Allegedly. No, thank you for having me. Dr. Taylor from the Happiness Institute of Cleveland. HIC. <laughs> Rip it. So, Liv, does that give you an idea? We've got five people in studio today. I believe, if I've heard correctly, we have the uh, talented Dr. Leslie, the intelligent Louise Campbell, the incredibly intelligent Dr. Jade, Dr. Kylie, who is the mechanically skilled member of the group, and Dr. Taylor, who I don't believe I've had the pleasure of meeting before. We cool. just met him today. Nice to meet you, Tom. sir. Tom. Bob. Yeah, Tom, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice to meet you as well. I am very eager to hear your thoughts on the subject of happiness. Yeah, likewise. Or he's just going to ramble about being miserable. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> total buzzkill. Well, I mean, is miserableness a aspect of happiness? Misery loves company. Is an aspect of miserableness? <laughs> Get enough miserable people together, they'll be happy. That's for fuck sure. All right, so I should probably start the happiness show because. I wrote a bunch of papers on it, and they. I can. The good thing about writing papers or writing books and going back to them is you have a structure. And when you're somebody like me that doesn't have a, why are you staring at my phone? I'm not staring at your phone. I'm staring. No, at your eyes were like this big, looking at my phone. <laughs> no, I was staring at new, my pen, and I was I'm watching noise to see it. if you would make noise with it. <laughs> Hold on, I'm putting it down very softly, um, and carry a big stick. So, um, what I mean by that is I don't. This is going to come as a surprise to everybody, but I'm not super structured. Mm -hmm. So for me, the hardest part to write a novel is to structure a novel. So for me, I start writing one, and I, I know this is off topic, but it's not really. And so thinking about how the brain works and how structure works, and ultimately how this particular paper is going to unfold in terms of happiness. Because it's actually going to sound structured is why I'm preparing you for this. I mean, I hope it does. Because okay. when you read academic papers, what you find is the big thing is structure, but one of the big things is coining phrases, which means... What could possibly be funny? <laughs> like, you two are over there giggling. Every time I work, you two giggle like you're in love with each other. What's going on? Just throw it. Just throw it. Oh, you're trying to get rid of your gum. You know, you used to do that. That's a new shake. Okay. You were always trying to get rid of gum. You need, like, a <laughs> gum receptacle. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. We're getting off topic. Um, no need to apologize to me. I'm enjoying it. I would think the studio audience might... Uh, Look at Kylie. <laughs> like, no one cares but Kylie. Like, Kylie's looking at me like, fuck you. That's messed up, man. Continue. Oh, you can talk if you want, since oh, it's podcast you. only. Oh, thank you. Thank you, so <laughs> thank you dickhead. Um, so what, what I mean by that is sometimes ideas go better when you have those little chapter headings, as I call them. And so when I write a novel, I'm telling you, it's so stream of consciousness consciousness and ridiculousness that it's nearly impossible the first five times around and and the same thing's true about for me for academic stuff um, but I have thought about this happiness thing because one of the things you find with young students is if you go in there and start talking about a philosopher if you start talking about um, John Stuart Mill like we did last time or if you start talking about Nietzsche or um, even Freud um, the students immediately turn out that turn off they immediately are uninterested in what you're doing because they seem to not associate what those people are saying with their own lives mm. in any connected way right off the bat. And even if it's an interesting topic, they'll tune out so fast that within three minutes they're playing on their cell phones or whatever I usually do. Um, <clears throat> but if you can talk about it in such a way that you have that structure and one of the, the you know, bases of that structure is... Um, something philosophical, which means fundamental, which means relevant to anybody, um, they can latch on to that. From there, they start to become more interested. And so one of the first things I like to say in the happiness paper is usually there's really two ways culturally that we view 
understanding happiness. Because the question is really, what makes somebody happy? What makes you happy or somebody else? Um, and so there's really two general ways in which we measure that data, um, whether it's casual or whether it's scientific. And the two ways are self-reporting, which is actually the predominant one, because everyone does things fucking ass backwards, and the other one is objective. So self-reporting kind of, are you bored already? Is that what you mean? The white male's talking? <laughs> I know that's what that means. Well, you like, went on about the structure, and you could just like have started with this, the self-reporting objective. Go ahead. Do you see what the white females do? Ah, no. Like, it's always the critique. It's like We're like three minutes in, it's already critiqued. Oh, no, that was last night. Okay, but I don't so, understand. What do you mean about the structure of what? Happiness? I'm setting up the paper, which happens to be about happiness, and also exploring this idea that when you start having chapter headings in an organized idea database, it helps you understand the topic better. Oh, okay. Are you really telling her just edit all this out? Mm -hmm. Like that matters right in the middle of the Every show? Every time you talk, she looks at me and she's like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then what's the point? Go ahead. Go, what are you talking about? Self-reporting and objective. No, it's like you're you're actually analyzing every single thing I do. Like, this is the point just at which we begin the actual stand podcast. Thank you, Dr. Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's what I would say, but... I'm going to drink all four of these fucking glasses of wine. Right, that's what I mean. It's one two one. holy grails. Kyle, awesome. you can't wait for me to get drunk and say something stupid. Yeah. I've already said something stupid. You win. Um... So, yeah, I'm glad it's become scientific for you. Self-reporting versus objective. So self-reporting is really obvious. Actually, if you go take happiness tests, people ask you about happiness doctors, it's always self-reporting. Um, Dr. Campbell will be happy to tell you how her experience with this very issue, which is somewhat um, relevant to psychotherapy um, and probably every aspect of counseling, is related to gauging how happy the person is that's coming to me. And so I'm sure if your IQ is over 45, you're thinking... Is what they're telling me true? Right? So are you happy? Yeah, fuck yeah, I am. I'm so fucking I, happy. I am, I'm very happy to announce at this point that it has been confirmed. My IQ is over 45. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That, that, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, Kylie, cut this part out too. <laughs> I didn't do that. Uh, oh, seriously? That's when Liz talks, up. I want it on. And it just let the dog force. Yeah. So, so the question that you were leading to is: Is the self-reporting accurate? Which I assume that you cross-section with the few objective studies and determine if the self-reporting. Well, is what accurate I, or not. yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'd like to do is really talk about objective because the self-reporting is so obvious to everyone is so predominant. So I want to talk about objective because my guess is most people don't understand it. So the reason that we um, we default to self-reporting is because we don't have an objective tool. So the reason I talked about novels is because my only novel that people actually read is, in fact, about this. And Dr. Lib can tell you that. So I was, at that time, enthralled with trying to write a philosophy novel, the way Anne Rand attempted to write a philosophy novel. Um, she was a terrible writer, but I saw myself as being able to surpass some of that and be more literary about it. So it was about uh, a crazy millionaire that gets involved with this guy's life in order to teach him what happiness is. Because he feels all people, the genius guy felt like philosophers do, that all people are actually unhappy. Is the title called The Atheist? It is, in fact, misnamed The Atheist, it's which really has nothing to do with the book. about vampires. And it also has vampire <laughs> shit in it in order to entertain people. Not real vampires. But. I feel like vampires would be atheists. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like they would be atheists. What, what is that? What I is a gnat? Really? Yeah. I thought you meant I was like, the gnat like you were like oh. <laughs> <laughs> this gnat out of my happiness um, so the book was exploring this idea that there is a very scientific way to look at what happiness means all the way from Aristotle up to um, you know literary discussions of it in the 20th century which is kind of where the novel exists isn't happiness subjective though here we go so if you believe happiness is only subjective you're going to disagree with most of the objective um, tools or you know theories about those tools, because at this point they're mostly theories. You won't find a lot of objective discussion of happiness, which is to say, most people agree with Dr. Mm -hmm. Leslie in a reflexive way. They immediately say, mm -hmm. Leslie means a little more than that, because <laughs> I know Leslie, but your average person will just immediately say, well, how do you know that I'm happy independent of me saying I'm happy or not happy? So you're saying you can measure it? Not at this point, I'm not. Yes, I will be happy to say that later on in my article because I think if you can't, then it's a useless discussion and I don't believe it is. 
Um, but I will say at this point um, that there's a way to talk about whether objectivity is that other tool. And so I do want to kind of not give the whole paper in one sitting, so I wanted to introduce self-reporting versus objective and then let some other people talk. I mean, you're not people, but I mean, mm -hmm. I'll let you guys, insofar as you exist outside of my subjectivity, talk a little bit. Well, there is that idea that ignorance is bliss, and so if someone is ignorant of their unhappiness, and right, even if someone were to object objectively state, oh, that person's unhappy, but if they say, I'm happy, and they live their entire life in that way, then it's, you know, what is to say that, you know, they needed to get help with their happiness. Now, what, now, what, what part of delusion, Louise, would you say comes into ignorance is blessed? Um, well, I mean, it depends. Maybe there are coping mechanisms that help the person maintain the delusion, you know, such as all addictions, food, drugs, sex, alcohol, um, home shopping network, those sorts of things. And so if the, the, the coping mechanisms are in place, then who's to say that, you know, if they're not hurting anybody, no one's hurting them, then I'm curious about what Dr. Jade is going to say about objective happiness. Well, I feel like I'm going to be the only person, yes. Don't, I, I've don't. never come across this idea. You've never come across no. this idea. Well, that that's a testament to what I'm saying, honestly. That's a testament. Well, I, mean, I mean, so let's, let's, let's try and figure out how we deal with Louise's conjecture there. Louise's conjecture there is that uh, a person who lives in a shack and mucks out pig pens for their overseer every day and goes home uh, to his meaningless and repetitive and unpleasant life and through uh, buying things on the home shopping network and methamphetamines when asked truly objectively or subjectively or whatever you want to call it truly answers honestly man this is the best I love it all I have to do is swap out the pigs, and then I can come home and, and buy my new tennis shoes and snort my meth. That's Did, what you do with what's he doing? I don't know any better. What's he doing to the pigs? I don't think you, you lost me in the pigs. Good guess. <laughs> He's cleaning out their stalls. So this but isn't a reference to John Stewart Mill. According to, according to Louise, that person, he or she, is happy. Now, now wait, how, do we, how do we go about proving or... That, that, that they are happy or they are unhappy. That is yes. Dr. Yes. So how do we do that? That's my right. question to, to Les, Dr. Leslie, Louise. Right. I, I do want to add something yeah, else Dr. here, Taylor. is that um, I'm um, a psychotherapist, and people will actually walk into my office, and they will tell me I'm happy. Exactly. They, they will come into therapy <laughs> and say, oh, no, I'm fine, life is good. And, and, and they might be in that place for a while, you know. Um, but, Until the breakdown. Right, but they came Let's in be because it's, oh, my boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband made me come here. I don't really want to be here. I don't need to be here. I'm perfectly happy. That's how I feel. And then we start to talk, and it's, whoa, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of things that are kind of dysfunctional are happening. Um, but that, then, that continues for a while, or they immediately, yeah, I just had to come here to check it off and tell them that I came. I don't need this, and I never see the person again. Um, and then you never know. Well, but I see, a, you know, from the outside, maybe So what are you using to figure that out if it's not exactly what I'm talking about? Right, it you probably is. You just want to is. semantically fuck it up? No, I, we're, 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 I'm helping you're you. You're trying to say you're someone, oh, you're high, I'm I don't need any help. I'm setting you up. Can I take one step back and let Dr. Leslie say something? Yes, just because I think it'll contrast with what we're saying okay. a little bit. What was the, what did you just, you just went into a, like a haunted house <laughs> horror show right there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to let Dr. Leslie talk. What? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Well, I was thinking we could talk about the stock market because I think one of my stocks is going way down. Really? And I thought you knew okay, something well, about it. I think kind of. we should make it go back up. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Now, there's no way to do that. Listen, you said that you think it's all subjective. And so I do okay. know some of the things you believe. So just kind of outline that for me. Well, I don't. I've since revised my beliefs oh, about um, happiness as far as it being completely subjective because I do now understand that some of it is objective. You can have some objectivity when it comes to happiness. But like, there are certain things that you can do in life that I think as humans we are programmed to respond to 
happily. Um, okay, well like physical activity. I feel like as like biologically as human beings that physical activity can be a contributing factor to becoming happy. Happier. Like exercising, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Or physical activity so, in general. That's going to be one of my points, yes. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so can we say, so gone this ahead is my paper. the answer to my first, or the first suggestion to my question, one of the aspects of happiness is physical activity, of subject, uh, objectively. If people are physically out and active and fit and doing things, that is a check mark in the happiness box. I think so. No, that's but you guys are talking about experience. cause and not effect. No, I mean, right. no, I mean... No. You can't just say because someone goes out and exercises, they're going to be happy. They could think no, they're I'm miserable. Going to be well, happy. Well, it's not going think they're miserable. What I'm like saying is that... It creates an environment to be happier, to where happiness is more uh, that's true. likely to occur <laughs> if you're physically active. But let, let me just get back to what I wanted to ask you, though. Because oh, okay. all I'm concerned about is my own subjective okay, experience. You would have made the case previously... That people can say for themselves whether they're happy. Mm-hmm. And so, is he dying? Like, what <laughs> the fuck? He's, he's dying. So you would have said pretty much across the board that's a subjective thing, which is to say you can't take that away from a person. I don't get to decide for you in any way, shape, or form whether you're happy. It's your decision. Now, you would probably say that's complicated, like different people are happy to be. I wouldn't think yeah. you'd say all people are happy, but that was your. There's position. different levels of happiness, I think. I mean, you can be, like, blissfully ignorant, per se. Right, but is that is that then a form of happiness, or is that a form of delusion? Because I think that's what Dr. Thomas suggested. It could be both. <laughs> I think it could be both. Um, Delusional, for some people, can mean... Right, but both suggest that it's delusional also, and delusional also trumps the subjective experience. Because if you are delusional, then you're fucked either way. Well, it depends. Well, but then if the subjective experience trumps the delusion, then delusions aren't negative, and you're... Correct. Sometimes they might not be negative. Sometimes they can contribute to a really happy life. (laughs) That's true. Alrighty then. Subjectively happy life. You don't think? Yeah, yeah. I I think what you're talking about is the subjective self-reporting side of it, and I think there's another side to it that people don't explore. That is probably what's more interesting to people, but it's not interesting without that, without understanding what. But you're this saying. is all like us sitting around this table, not having a maybe even a shared concept of what happiness is, mm-hmm. and you know the whole right, idea of happiness as a destination versus happiness as a state. Um, so. Anyway, would you like to talk on that from your old paper that you're presenting today? I feel like we should have read this paper. Yeah. Well, no, it's not one paper. I was often of the belief that religion, the question of what constitutes religion and how people experience it, and then the happiness as an objective quality question were the two questions that both mo- both motivated students the most. And so that was always what I focused on. We used to do um, what we called um, dialogues in the philosophy department where we wrote an actual paper and then we would present it. And so usually those were people that were real PhDs, not fake ones like me. But people would then present the paper like I did a bunch of Ayn Rand and I did some unhappiness. So it was always the topic that I thought provoked the most. Religion, um, for sure. Yeah, provoked the most discussion that became philosophy. Um, I feel like a lot of people um, who believe in religion are delusional, but happy-ish at the same time. So are, this is so religion is one of those areas where we could actually bring in the happiness yeah. discussion as a applied philosophy um, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just continue a little bit then. I, I gave you guys a chance to talk. You guys sounded really mm-hmm. dumb, but let's go on to um, the next idea, which is how to talk about objective since self-reporting seems obvious to everyone. So the objective for me was primarily a process of definition, like Dr. Campbell actually just brought up. So it's a it's a question of, are we, you and I talking about the same thing? So if you're talking about something subjective or something not subjective to, in terms of happiness, 
but your idea of happiness is different than mine, then we need to get on the same page. Mm -hmm. Which is also a problem with religion, which is why religion is such a good measuring stick in philosophy. And kids come into the class and they go, we're not talking about politics or religion. And I'm like, sit your little fat asses down. That's all we're going to talk about. And then a week in, they're like, we all want to be in Jim's class. So Who's Jim? You had a waiting list. Jim is a professor that was in the philosophy department oh, that people okay. really flocked to. Okay. And he was super good looking, and he slept with all the girls, <laughs> but he also got in trouble because he was too loosey-goosey, and they ended up having to kind of say, listen, you're not doing your office hours. We don't know if we can keep you on as a program <laughs> faculty so. teacher. Um, so people like me, they were by the book, you know. Okay, I'm rambling. So th the primary thing to do is define what it means. And so happiness has often been defined. But John Stuart Mill spent a bunch of time on this. And his idea was that there's a contrast between content and happy. Content means you get your needs met. Happy mm -hmm. means a transcendent form of experience. For John Stuart Mill, the idea of the pig is, that's why I thought Dr. Lib was talking about the pig, is an example of what it means to say that humans are a different kind of animal. So when you say, is an animal happy being just content, his definition of content, because it's not like an academic paper, which is kind of what I hear Leslie saying sometimes. The content version of this is easy to attain for people, especially in a first world country. So is that contentedness more than what a pig experiences? And so Mill's point was that a pig only requires contentedness. He doesn't require happiness because right. of his physiology and neuropsychology. Humans, um, in contrast, require something different and, and, and greater. So they require the contentedness and the happiness. And so then if we were drawing a distinction between those two things, what does it mean to be happy, which is the definitional component of the, the, the beginning of this discussion about a tool that we would use and define as objective. So the definition is first, and then the usage of that tool, the evaluation of a person is the second part, and then the third part is the conclusion. <clears throat> How would you draw a conclusion about what it means to say, this is the objective data, this is what I think. And then that actually leads to the discussion that I like to call, are happy people happy? <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to kind of quickly go through those things and then go back to us discussing it. Okay. And then I can give you more of the, you know, the specific ideas about those three things, how you define it, how you evaluate it, and how you conclude it. So what do you guys think about the definition? If that's primary, how do we come to... Definition of happiness. What it, as it is different from contentedness, how do we discuss whatever this experience is that humans have that dogs and pigs don't? I would argue that dogs do. Yeah, and that's what to say. Well, but for, for our purposes, let's just say it requires a certain kind of cognition, a certain kind of conceptual ability yeah, that humans me, have that animals don't. Happiness is a transient emotion like anger, fear, um, That's good. sorrow, sadness. Wrong, so it's not really good. Um, it's, whereas contentment is kind of a deep sense. It, 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 to me, when I think of that, I actually think of a psychological term called window of tolerance, which is the the kind of healthy functional person has a tolerance their their window their ability to feel um, greater states of happiness and joy is on one end that window is high on the low end they're able to experience deep sorrow and also still be okay and that the the organism can function within that window so contentment is really to me I envision it has having a really wide window of tolerance that you can contain. And, and be able to maintain your core sense of self and not destabilize, um, you know, that, that's what You I might mean. be pulling a religious debate on us, though. Okay. Because I think for the purposes of trying to be organized, we want to think of it as, let's use some of these basic philosophy ideas about contentedness versus happiness means, rather than a reevaluation of, which is what you're doing. You're trying to say, hey, it's more complex than that. This is how I, I actually see them, which is what religious people do. They say, well... You know, Christianity believes A, B, and C, but actually, because I'm such a fucking genius, I'm going to tell you what's not true about Christianity, the thing I believe in 100%. Um, so your ideas might be good, but what I'm saying is, for the purposes of this discussion, we should think of content contentedness in terms of maybe Mill's idea, that it's just basic needs. And then we can think of happiness as containing your point, which is good. Is it hedonism or is it transcendent? 
Is there something different about it? Can happiness? be both. It can be hedonism. Well, of course, or it's going to be both. But right. I'm saying, how do we talk about it in a more complex term in terms of those things? And then contrast it with contentedness, which is basic needs. I'd like to do a sidebar at this point. I have this book oh, from God, 1962, Five Minutes to Happiness. It's who is a plastic surgeon he wrote this book about five minutes a day to happiness and um, he talks about how you can re-image yourself just like you know he re-images people's faces so he says we are our own plastic surgeon and build our own self-image if we build a self-image from past success we have a self-image that makes us happy so he talks about looking in the mirror and, and telling oh, yourself you're this happy. This is why everyone's miserable. Um, he also says happiness is a state of mind, a habit. That happiness and worry are states of mind and are habits. So anyway. What do you guess that, that, that works? Can I tell people to say that they're happy Positive they're affirmations. Well, let me, let me just, before I rant. Yeah. Before I rant, I actually would rather Dr. Leslie answer that question. Oh, what? What is the question? What is the question? I'm not the one that asked it, motherfuckers. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, happiness versus... Oh. Uh, what is it? Which question? Say it again. <laughs> Apparently. They were all looking at me. Thing. Like, do you guys believe in that? You think it really works? Can you make can, yourself yeah, happy sure. just by saying it every day instead of doing anything and else? And tapping, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that works as well. What is that? Leslie, just elaborate. <laughs> yeah, what is That's that? all I'm saying. <laughs> elaborate on what? This uh, positive... I mean, if you just stop wanting to elaborate on things, you would elaborate as fast as I ever driving here and how you use tapping. Oh, driving here? No, but okay. talk about how these things, these quote-unquote... Um, I don't want to say new-agey, but I do... Like, well, yeah. Because like with the energy flow, energy. Talk and about that. Talk okay. About that, well, yes. energy, happiness, I believe, is an energy. It like you receive energy and you give off energy, and there are ways to um, keep that energy flow open and make yourself uh, more available to that type of energy. So does that answer Kylie's question about how you so can? Creating it. So, yeah, you create it, but you also allow it. Can you so, get it on Amazon? Is there a way to Prime? I think pre-order, pre-order, get it on Prime with your Prime account. You don't even need that because you can do it yourself without <laughs> Amazon. Yeah, so they're right to Amazon. I'm just saying, if you need extra, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little shortage of it. I feel sure a little you depressed get videos today. Videos and stuff like to help you out with it, but. I meant like the actual energy itself. I like, know. Maybe there was a pill or something. But that goes into a me. definition of maybe what happiness is. Happiness is for maybe a definition is this flow of energy that feels clean or feels positive. Oh my god, fucking dude. Like, what was that movie where he sat in the audience? Oh, sound and lyrics? Happiness is, 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 is a non-obstruction of life, maybe. Because if you're not traumatized, if you're... I know, you could probably If you're traumatized, not traumatized. But again, we're the maybe trauma cards, makes you feel life Stronger well, and leads to greater. Well, there is research about that. Resilience. There is research. I have no trauma, and I'm the most miserable person on the fucking planet. You need trauma. I need to get molested. Well, also you have to. Have Am I too old to be molested? To you're in a yes. closet, so no. Right. <laughs> you're never too old to get molested, so it's got to be a, where it's non-consensual. So Keep I going to the polo store. Oh, it has to be a gay guy because yeah. a girl. I'm gonna be like, go ahead, and molest me. So for it to create trauma, it's going to have to be a guy. I don't feel like that was the worst experience of my life. But then I'll be a better writer. You have been molested. Oh, my God. By who? I'm not going to say by who. That could cause Damn. a whole other situation. That's another what? conversation. <laughs> well, how would you know and I don't? What did I have I blocked this shit? <laughs> now everyone wants to talk. Everyone's yeah, like, wait a minute. Yeah, people are. He was not no, Elijah, you Bruce? know more shit about me than I do. Because <laughs> you blocked hell? it. Yeah. Did I block it? You said it the other day. Was... The other day. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. Oh, no. It's not something we can talk about? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, do you... Are you talking about when my dad's girlfriend molested not... me? Oh, well, that's another one. See, oh, it's coming that's out. That's the one I remember. I was 12, and she was 22. And I just don't... Like, I like to talk about it because I don't see it as molesting. I was well, like, thank fucking God. Education. I would go tell my friends, and I was like, wow, she's hot. And that doesn't you didn't, sound... You didn't connect it to... Something I look yeah. at it like, I'm so that good looking, I picked up a 22-year-old chick at 12. There was never a moment of... Oh, no, it's Did not. your dad know this? Don't no, it was stop. his girlfriend. Well, so now he knows. He and I have to lie <laughs> about it. No, we've told my dad. My dad has trauma about this. Like, mm. I sat my dad down, and I was trying to kind of tell him, and I was like, this isn't going to work. And so Andy comes in, he's like, he just just trying to tell you that you, you slept with your girlfriend. My dad's like, no, he didn't. So he denies it. He forgot the girlfriend. Oh. He's wow. like, well, I didn't date a girl like that. My dad has a terrible memory. 
and he's 94 or whatever so he's, he's like 80 so he has he's like well, you, you two are he thought we were kidding the whole time even uh, when Andy was like no 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 we're not kidding he's so desperate to like be serious Dr. Lib you've got to have something to say about this <laughs> no <laughs> fucking way you were there during my childhood I was not there during your childhood you were there and you were just next door close. or something no I did not know you until college but um really so you really, couldn't have molested yeah. me then I, I missed all that um it's, uh, it's, it's, I think, the, did that, uh, did that make you happy? I don't think it was molesting, that's my point. I do think that it was a positive experience, if that's what you're saying. So but, are positive experiences, then, this is what I'm trying to get to, I know everybody doesn't, I'm, I'm sneaking up on this like I try to do, but, uh, yeah, is happiness based on positive experiences? I would say. Um... I mean, I would say, again, that's kind of a cause, not effect or something. Like, I think a lot of the things we talk about are things that can create happiness, but the actual process is internal. So the process mm -hmm. is how your mind... Seriously? Mm -hmm. That's Right, right. But, I mean, would, I think if a 22-year-old woman had molested me when I was 12 years old, when I was a very, I still am a very immature person, I think it would have been pretty traumatic for me. I'm not sure it would have been a positive experience. Hey, have you me. suggested anyone has molested you currently, though? Like, more recently? No, no, I have never. To my knowledge, I've never been molested. To my memory could possibly be blocked out. <laughs> I'll talk about my molesting now. stories all day long. Which positive. also makes me think that it is, in fact, but, positive. But you're labeling it molesting. So then is it, is it really I, positive if you're, why didn't you say it was a great sexual experience? Why does that have to be labeled molestation? Because of the age difference. I think the age difference is what yeah. would make someone else suggest that it might be molesting. My... She was taking advantage of it. Someone else could have well, been traumatized. It, it would be for some people and it wouldn't be for others. And that's what he said. That's, that's yeah. sort of where I'm, I'm getting is that we have this subjective idea of happiness that we're trying to look at external events. We're trying to say, is this event physical activity, um, sexual activity, are these things the, the checkboxes of happiness? And I think to some people, they are the checkboxes of happiness, and to other people, they aren't the checkboxes of happiness. And what, what we're all really trying to do is spend our entire lives doing things that we enjoy doing. Now, we don't all enjoy doing the same things. Okay, that's hedonism. But, but I think if Thanks we can say, hey, I spend my whole life, um, or not my whole life, but a healthy percentage of my life should be on the in activities bite. that I enjoy doing. What's wrong with that? Does that does that make me happy? No, now that's what I would ask you, Doctor Jade. No, that has nothing to do with it because that's again just self-reporting, and then it it is devoid of any kind of objective discussion of how someone else would then be able to say, well, are you correct about those particular activities leading to the things you're saying that they're leading to? So I know you so, understand but you, that, but no, I'm not saying I'm not saying I say that. I do things that, that are making me happy. I'm just saying, let's pretend that I do these that things day. are things that Tom enjoys doing. <laughs> Tom enjoys being on the computer. Tom enjoys writing. Knowing, novels. doing something Tom specific on the computer. Things. Other people would not enjoy those things. Mm -hmm. I think it's clear. So, <laughs> right, but, but the way we would lump that, those do not lead to happiness. You are saying those are not. No, the it's not that. that it's we the... do are not what derive happiness. It's what I'm hearing you say. No, it's I mean, experiences have to be the basis of these happiness events. The question is what your mind does with these experiences. So for what you're saying is that those are in some sense subjective because we like to do different things. But that's why we should probably segue back to Aristotle because that's the whole point. The legacy Aristotle left us with, I think, is the idea that we do things differently, but they have the same result. So that means... Um, for Aristotle, especially in terms of happiness, it's really about the differences between us are what define subjectivity. The commonalities are what define objectivity, which means if you're on the computer and I'm on the golf range, from a subjective standpoint, a philosopher could say those two things are very different subjectively. But at the same time, from an objective standpoint, you could measure... Um, some gain from those activities as being the same, which means that would be the thing we would target from an objective sense. So then if we're talking about happiness, we would then say, is it true that these common experiences are those things that lead to happiness? Um, or 
they necessarily don't or whatever ends up being the case. But so the, what, would the, what would the commonality be between writing a novel and playing around with Right. So I think what you would have to then start to talk about is how the human brain works and how the human experience is com common in general. So you would have to say, um, does growth, for instance, in the human brain from activity um, produce a common state of happiness that can then be identified? Um, so Aristotle's point was really about philosophy itself because in some sense he invented it. And so what we find, I think, is that what Aristotle will suggest is that happiness is um, is a kind of physical and intellectual state where, especially psychologically, mentally, your mind is aligned correctly with reality. And that's, a, that's too general, but what it means is that insofar as the human brain is designed to do something very specific, insofar as reality is made up of these exact material objects and rules and, and, and devices, those two things will mesh together in what Aristotle calls a natural state. And so when these things come together in a natural state, what Aristotle actually say, and this is paraphrasing almost to Freud, is that there's a health that results from that proper alignment with reality. So that health is both physical and mental, and he's, he's, Aristotle would suggest that 90% of it is mental. Which is Dr. If, Leslie's flow of energy. Mm -hmm. Energy and motion. Thank you, Aristotle. Um, well, what what Leslie's doing? Um, thank you, Dr. Nietzsche. But what Leslie's doing really is setting out. She's right, and she's setting out a very general um, conceptual, you know, um, tool for this exact discussion. It's relevant, and it, it's a flow. But philosophy is about taking that idea, the flow idea, and then making it understandable. Because flow means something to Leslie that it means something well, different to you because of it. Can I say something else, too? Sorry. I'm yes, you were allowed to speak, okay. ma'am. Well, because also I feel like it has a lot to do with your focus. If you focus on negativity and you focus on, um, like, no, 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 no. This is actually answering Kylie's question. You're going to experience that and. Me, you said that to me for can, 50 years. I know. If well, I focus the wrong way in a stoplight, it, it changes. It's yeah. true. To me, it's true. I mean, I've, I've witnessed it in people. You know, and like experiencing, like, okay, one event can mean something totally different in a positive way or a negative way, depending on your focus on how to view that event. Like, if you're just constantly focused on the negative you're going to see that same event as negative, whereas that event can be positive if you have a more positive outlook. I hope you can see from what Leslie's really saying right now. Right. right. That's exactly true. What Leslie's doing right now is because of the fact that she's not really um, doing what Aristotle says, or what I'm paraphrasing Aristotle saying, which is increase the amount of complexity to match the complexity that's inherent in reality, which I understand that sentence was too long. But Leslie's right and wrong at the same time. Because Leslie's saying exactly kind of what I'm saying. Like, Leslie is in some way saying what I'm saying, but she's also saying something else. And so it's not like she's really right or wrong. It's that Leslie hasn't decided to really pare down some of that stuff to make it more complex. Like what? Because I'm not going to psychoanalyze you. Well, that's how much more required. complex does it need to be? Like, well, it needs to be complex to the extent that it works, would be what I would suggest. And so when well, you say things like what you're saying, you could be absolutely right. But then that... It works. Does it work? Yes. How happy are you? I'm great. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <Rob laughs> fucker. So there goes that discussion. But if we could tell, talk truthfully, yeah. you would say, I have all these answers. And I would say, you're actually pretty right about a lot of stuff, but you're too vague about it. I, you would then say, what's the difference? And I would say, well, the vagueness leads to the inability to prioritize what's truly true when you get more complex. Yeah, I'm not saying and then I'm you would scared. say, how do you know that? And I would say, by measuring your own life, which is actually what Aristotle said. And then you would say, measure my own life, asshole. And mm -hmm. I would say, you're not as happy as you think you are. And you would say, that's bullshit. And then you'd have 20 drinks and be like, you know what, motherfucker, you're right. Which is what everyone does. And so this is real-time applied philosophy, which is really where I'm going with my paper. Happiness is a journey. 
not the destination. Okay. <laughs> you just perfected <laughs> what I was saying. You've actually repeated something that Dr. Campbell... Does he think I'm mad? Like, yeah. Or does he want to come over here and poop? You are mad, see? Um, you can feel your energy. That's a different kind of bad. My, my bad energy. Yeah. Yeah. I like when Leslie talks about energy. Comfort. It's actually my favorite thing. I'm so sorry that you have bad energy. <laughs> <laughs> see? Oh, now he's having it's licking him now. Bandit's licking me for all those people that don't see the video. So anyway, Dr. Tom, what do you think about what Leslie said? Because I, I can't imagine you could shut up after that. Like, it's quite surprising. Uh, no, I'm, I'm always always pleased to listen to uh, to other points of view. I think That's Dr. Leslie... Can I flip off something uh, in here? Dr. Leslie, you're talking about what she said, not about energy, but about um, people being happy uh, based upon their... Uh, it's, it's hard to put into words. Um, I mean, I think I think we're all. It's, uh, it's, Does anyone have I anything think, to say? <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's an easy question. But for me, uh, I can tell you what I think of of what makes almost everyone happy all the time. And so I, I think that is what I think is the main component of of happiness, which is not truly definable. But that is an achievement. That's what I was trying to get at when I asked you, what's the... What's the yeah, I actually agree with that one. What, what's the commonality of a round of golf and writing a novel? It's, it's a good shot. It's a good sentence. It's achieving something. Human beings seem to be very much wired toward achievement, toward mowing the lawn, towards changing the oil filter. I would actually, I would actually agree with that. What, yeah, but I, what is all this? All of those things, achievement is really... Here comes the Buddhist shit. Dopamine. It is a dopamine hit. You're getting a it's reward. Chemical. It's chemical, and so I really don't. It, no, but that's not true. Let me help. On Tom, if you don't mind, I want to elaborate and answer Louise's question, if that's Please. okay. Please do. So what she's suggesting is that it's transitory, and so what I would like to say is that achievement, in a in an American sense, is exactly what Dr. Louise Campbell is saying, and in such a way that it's transitory and it's also defined by neurochemistry. And I've said this about my own life, and so I hope this serves as a kind of, um, you know, symbol of what I'm saying rather than a pedantic way of saying it. Um, when I look at my own life and my failures, which, of course, I've never failed before. No, I've done nothing but fail. And so when you look at my life, you think, okay, what are these things that are achievements? And you say, um, there's so many things that are achievements in such a way that they're transitory. Like... Um, feeling like I've won something or feeling like I've gotten better at something or feeling like I've changed the oil correctly. I'm not a good person at working on a car and I start to finish, I change the oil and it gives me this dopamine. Hey, you've accomplished a goal. But what's not like that for me is things that define my future. And so when I've thought about the way to explain it to people in a kind of common sense, which is what students actually prefer when I was teaching, I was thinking if I can relate this to your life in a common way, it can have an undercurrent of philosophy and be more relevant. And so for me, I was thinking, what is the difference between your past, your present, and your future? And so in terms of happiness, what are the, in terms of achievement, which is exactly what you guys brought up, how do these affect these things? And what a lot of people will tell you is there's no such thing as future. Or writers will tell you there's no such thing as the past. And I don't believe that. And so I think we can look at our lives in terms of the past, present, and future actually being in some ways the same thing. And so in doing that, you think to yourself, what have I done achievement-wise which changes every day for the rest of my stupid fucking life. Because even though I'm like 90, or however old I am, 88, I still have thousands of thousands of these stupid fucking days left. So when people say life is short, no, Chris Rock is right. Life's fucking long, especially when you date the wrong person. But my point is, that's what Chris Rock said, don't get mad at me. So what I'm saying is, when I achieve certain things, and they don't have an effect on my future, and they don't last, and they are temporary, you could say smoking crack the right way is an achievement if you really want to, if you're a crackhead. But when I got a terminal degree in creative writing, what it did for me <clears throat> was change my future in an inevitable way that some of which was superficial and some of which wasn't, that I then never had to go back to. Yeah, all we're doing is changing chemical release. We're going from dopamine. You're saying that because in the future I'm going to have tons of those chemical releases? Because you're still feeding your, your, the sense of self and the sense of ego, and that is going to up serotonin. Oh, I am egocentonic. What are we talking about? You drunk white female? <laughs> She's trying to talk. It's still. No, I can't allow it. I mean, I, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I like all what you're saying, but it, it's still no. I know what you're saying about building and creating this. This sense isn't about of my perception about of it. No, I'm not saying my perception of it. Okay, what are you I'm saying? I'm saying the real events of the rest of my life. Right. I'm so, saying so you're how creating a sense I, of safety and self worth for yourself. No, it's not for me. It's for Who the events it for? of my life, independent of my perception. My perception might be I'm smarter because I have an MFA, or I'm smarter than you especially when you argue about fiction with me and you're an idiot. And that's what you're saying. That thing does happen also. But what I'm talking about are the actual events. And I think this is what Aristotle is kind of focusing on because back then they weren't as ethereal as we are now. And so definitely somebody like Mill is suggesting, well, or, like, or like, what's his name? Empiricist. You know, you do have a real life and you have to make a decision about reality and Hulk? you have to make a decision. Who? Hulk? No, the big empiricist. I forgot his name, so I'm an airhead. But the point is... There are certain things that will change my experiences for the rest of my life because I have an achievement that may, in fact, be superficial. It may be just right. someone grants me a degree. I get right. that part of it. But you ha actually have a life. And so that life yeah, is independent of your perception, which means people are going to treat me different. I'm going to achieve different things. Right, which is all ego, further. stability. I don't get how this is. How is it ego and stability? You're creating a... a, a Whatever you in your mind perceive as yourself and your sense of self and your ego, and these are the things that I do. These are the things I don't do, and it and it is. But how does that change the fact that I get a job, and then I'm a performing job person rather than a non-job person? Or how does it change the fact that I have the confidence to write a novel, whereas before I wouldn't have written that novel? That's not about ego. What you're saying is there also, right. but what I'm saying is there's another component to you that is your real life that contains this kind of um, inevitable. Change that almost sounds mythic. Is, you're almost like you're getting into mythic, you get a this idea degree. of a self, and that there's these the the, the hero's let's, journey. Let's talk about it instead right. of my degree. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about Bill Maher. Let's talk okay. about Bill Maher getting to a point in his career as a stand-up where he then became marketable as an iconoclast, and he got picked up by networks. What he's then able to do with that achievement is change the fabric of society. Is he egomaniacal about that? Maybe. But Bill Maher has a huge effect on people now, okay. only because he achieved something that someone like me didn't. But he has a tool now available to him that's So measurable. it sounds like you're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and self-actualization. That what you're getting to is, is actually, you know, you are this acorn and these things happen to now you're the fully developed tree, which is giving off new acorns. <laughs> Wow, you just made my two acorns hurt. I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck that means. But you can feel free to talk about it. I'm just, I might. Tom, pass out. would you like to step in? Because we, we cut you off, so. No, I, well, I, actually, I can go. Uh, 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 Miss Campbell, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to elaborate on, or not elaborate, but disagree with, or not even disagree with something. Please. Go ahead. Maybe I'll if you let elaborate is the yes, correct thank word. You. Um, I said achievement, you know, makes us happy. You correctly pointed out that that achievement and that feeling of happiness comes from chemical releases in our body, and I say, yeah, good. All right, that's ha that's that's happiness. All right, I can live with that. Yeah, yeah, and I don't believe that because this crackhead gets the same release of chemicals right. in the brain for right. even that's more happiness. temporary so period of time. So then, are we now? And that's not happiness. Talking about that's contentment, so but, but to you, but, but the crackhead, Doctor Jade. Their future is affected in a negative way, whereas the novelist or the degree getter or the golfer, their future is affected in a positive way. So but, while the chemical release is the same, the secondary aspect, the aspect that you're talking about, is different. So can't it can't it be achievement, dopamine, future benefits? Can't it be all those things? Can't it? They, right. Yeah, and I think that, dopamine, I do. I do think that's the answer. Dopamine yes. is for survival. We get that hit because it's supposed to be moving us towards survival. But what, but what I think he's saying, which is what I'm saying, is that the chemical is 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 the is the preliminary. Because what happens is, as your neurochemistry changes, especially over a longer period of time, more importantly, in a positive way rather than negative, crack being negative, and I have more self-esteem being positive. As those neurochemicals change who you are, other things happen to you. Yes. That Are they all defined by this constant release of neuro, neurochemistry? And what he's saying is, yeah, probably you have a fucking brain. <laughs> right. So, yes, that's okay. So, But that's not the definition then. We are, in fact, tied to the fact that we have a brain that releases neurochemicals. And that we, well, we, we cannot remove ourselves. And we can't remove ourselves from that. But that doesn't need to be what we talk about then. Because what we can talk about then is our real life. 
And so that's where I want to go to with a more pragmatic it's interpretation of philosophy. Real life is separate from these chemicals, right? It's that not that it's not separate. It's that it's a separate way to it. talk about it. Because you can say I'm having a release of neurochemicals momentarily and it makes me feel a certain way. And that's always going to be true. But then talking about that acts like we are merely chemical. That's what I believe. A lot of the times. Well, then find that logic. You just take SSRIs all the time and you'd be fine. Yeah. And it doesn't take into account. It's not true. We know that's not true. So we have to take into account how the world really works. (laughs) And we have to take into account the fact that... Beliefs have a lot to do with happiness as well. If you want to go towards that direction, probably. Because that's a whole other thing. Well, and to go back again, right, the research about walking briskly four times a week for at least 30 minutes produces the same result in the body as... Prozac, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. Let's try to. Yeah, I, 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 what's interesting about this is I think everything everybody's been saying is pretty much correct, but everybody's trying to say that my yeah fiefdom of correctness is right. the only correctness. <laughs> right, right, right. But if it's all the same, then that's kind of a. It's 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 all the fiefdoms put together that make the kingdom. Aww. Oh, together. Yeah, we just have all lost me, but... We're a queendom. Can we be a queendom? Yeah. If you want the queendom, I apologize for my Let's try to... Let's try to... Oh, my God. Misogynistic. This is all the white male versus white female show. That's what she's fucking called. <laughs> we just have to throw it in no, there. Just Hillary versus Trump. Hillary versus Trump. All together, but we do like to be included. We would all like to be together. If you guys say anything smart ever, I'm going to include you. Just let me know when you do, and I'm going to totally include you guys. Thank you. You guys are Maybe more than worth. Maybe you should say worth. something smart. That's impossible. <laughs> uh, uh, limited by my male hormone experience, That's exactly I'm right. incapable of making correct All decisions. All that testosterone, free floating. I actually got my there. testosterone measured, independent oh. of all my other inabilities with females. Oh, we were supposed to talk about vegan too. Are we doing that? That's no. another show. Oh, calm down. So let me let me wrap it up by trying to finish my point, which is the point of the paper, which is Aristotle's point, which is more related to this real life issue and this pragmatism issue. And so what I think you can do then, using the tools that we've discussed, maybe I've discussed more than you guys have, is apply this idea that quit looking at my hat, that this is a real life, and use that as a measuring tool for other people, which is to say, if Aristotle's right that it's about human health and as health um, as health uh, is defined as the body and the mind, you can actually look at, say, American society, mm-hmm. like I did with this actual paper when I wrote the actual paper, and said, how do we talk about addiction problems? How do we talk about addiction problems and other interrelated societal problems that are simple, like divorce, suicide, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, and obesity? I actually brought obesity in. And so when you talk about maladies from a cultural societal perspective, I think what you find is it's inescapable that when 90% of people say they're happy, but 90% of the people have almost confusing self-destructive patterns, there must be a disconnect, which is what I'm telling you, between how people self-report, what they say about their happiness, and what that actual happiness is, as it is independent of contentedness, as it is relating to their consciousness, their conceptual abilities. Uh, Self-destruction is a learned behavior, I think. Well, I would say that's almost, now you're getting into to what Miss Gamble is saying, which is people are confusing their momentary dopamine releases because they, did, they ate a piece of cake and they were happy, or they, they jumped over a, a hole in the ground and didn't get their feet wet. And that because there was just enough of that to release just enough dopamine that they consider themselves happy, but they're not taking Dr. Jade's, well, how has my life been affected by mm-hmm. this? But how is she confusing and, the two if it's the only one, according to her? Well, but not her. It's what people, the, the, the self-reporting people are, they're getting just enough of the dopamine that they think they're happy, but they're not looking at their lives from all the perspective of happiness that, that Dr. Leslie, Ms. Campbell, and Dr. Jay have mentioned here today, and that we need well, to look at it very holistically, and that most people just don't. 
they are incapable of saying, hmm, if I add it all up, those momentary dopamine releases where I'm now fat and I'm old <laughs> and I'm well, it's, like, it's like Francis Bacon. They count the good ones, but they don't count the negative ones. Right. And the negative ones are 99%. So can you focus on the 1%? I mean, that sounds like what you're saying. And so if it's a momentary um, focus in the wrong place, then you're taking that 1% and saying, well, I have 1%. They're not calling it 1%. They're calling it 100%. Right. Then they're finding well, themselves they, happy. They say, over, they say overall they, they have achieved, they are happy, they, you know, whatever, 51% of the time, whatever you want to call Well, it. let me ask you something. Can a fat person be happy? Can a fat person be happy? I think it depends on this, if, if we're looking at it in this holistic way where you have to be achieving things in the future, you have to be uh, achieving things in the present, you have to be improving yourself, you have to be physically active, um, which I agree with Dr. Leslie completely on that one, I think physical activity and that, and I think that's why that. you say you're fat is a problem. Um, and, and again, fat, does, fat is a pretty wide range of, of areas. I have some friends that are... That are Five foot ten, two hundred pounds. Yeah, you can't be a little weigh, overweight. They couldn't, they couldn't weigh much less. Their bones are twice as thick as my bones. You gotta, you gotta say obese. You can't say fat because that's kind right. of a long way to look at it. Right. Um, and I and I would say that depending on what level you want to go to, I would say they could be, but it's a lot harder. What do you guys think? You guys' opinions are more important than mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, Can is a it separate from society's expectations and cultural norms? But what in, about in our, physiology? In our culture, you can. What about physiology, though, independently? I don't. Right. I don't think you can because then, right, just like going back to the the chemicals and everything. Right. If you're if you're fat, then you you have problems with your blood vessels potentially, you have problems with your organs, and so then you're not getting enough oxygen. But you said it's brain. all about dopamine. So if they have dopamine right. released, you're fine. You're saying they don't have they're, they're quality to... dopamine releases. Right. What if we can Most make them likely. have quality dopamine releases where they can well, stay I feel obese? Like, yeah, fat people could be active too. And they can be active. Right, I mean, yeah, they move a little right. slower and they trip over shit, but they can be active, right? Oh. You haven't seen oh, that yeah. big fat girl who dances on TV? Dude, she's I'd like to. I like chunky that chicks. Commercial. I yes, totally so like chunky good. chicks. I would do it. Oh, she's I What I do? I love looking at chunky chicks. Chunky chicks. Chunky chicks. There's a thing called chunky versus fat in porn. Oh, no. She's and the chunky looks good fat. and the fat doesn't. I'm just like because some people like the fat one. It's not like everyone likes a chunky. It's objective. There's a preference to it, yeah, but there's a preference to it. But I would argue that the chunky ones, I mean, men always is, want that because they're better at childbirth. Can a, <laughs> a an underweight person be happy? I mean, I can tell it's you, the no. same thing, right? It's, 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 it's no. I cannot pick up chicks it, looking like there's this. There's an. I mean, you can on either end of the spectrum, but it's less likely potentially because then you don't have the your physiology. Is I don't have off. the strength to defend my male yeah. from yeah, attackers. I agree, I agree my mate. I, mean, I think it's, a, it's 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 a good it's good to point that out. It's the it's the same thing. It's if you if you are very something, you are less right. likely to be happy. Right. Dr. Leslie, it's can a fat balance. person be happy? For sure. Why for sure? I think they can because happiness is subjective. You just said I think they can because happiness is subjective. I mean, if they're happy being fat, then yeah, they're happy being fat. <laughs> now you're just saying no. everything's subjective again. No. You said you translated this. It depends on how fat. Could you ask what is Dr. Leslie that makes been them here this last hour or so? Dr. Leslie, have you been here the past hour? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> what happened? We, we want to know what happened. Can you go over it for us? No. Uh, yeah, they're not happy, but it depends on how fat is my final answer. Depends on how fat. Yeah, I like that. I like that answer. There's different avenues to getting to that, and there's certain things that are out of people's control of their obesity, their fat things. What if they have a thyroid problem? All right, so they mean yeah. there's No, no we're not saying it's all their fault. No, no, no. It's just whether they can be happy with right. or without the genetic... Yeah, I'd be, Nur nature nurture. Anybody regardless of their frame or their weight or whatever can be happy. You know, the side of the spectrum, like you said, someone's too frail. Uh, my brother and I were talking last night about someone that, that a girl that has it's not like a severe anorexia or an eating disorder where it's almost like they're so frail you can barely recognize who they are. So they, yeah, she yeah, finds yeah. avenues of using that as a a method to promote, you know, as a public speaker and things like that. Kind of use that as a way to I don't know promote happiness to other people that have conditions where you know they just does that make them happy to promote it? Is that what you're saying? I, I would I would think that's an avenue of, of helping happiness. So yeah. altruism prov uh, promotes happiness. 
It's a gain of dopamine release. Anyway. Which yeah. of course means it's, it's not dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> we're a bad group of people to be. Because we're all fucking skinny. Speaking for fat. <laughs> I need to eat more. I'm Please telling you, I want person. to be fat. No, you I would give Make anything to be fat. And tell some fat people to call You're us. Call what? And, and bring me their food? And like, what? I made you watch yeah. Hector's Search for Happiness. You don't remember anything about that movie? What are you talking about? You made me watch a movie called Hector's Search me, for Happiness? Me and Bronte watched it. Well, who's Bronte? Oh. I don't know God. what that means. It's your daughter. I have a daughter? Who's Bronte? Oh, we fuck. watched a movie there so many secrets. <laughs> what the hell? How do I have a daughter if I'm You're not married? out for the first time again. Wow. How did it happen? <laughs> the stork, the stork flew to the wrong house. I don't understand the exact... <laughs> Okay, are we... Process by which I have... Are we coming to a close? A progeny. Wrap it up. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. I don't think we got anywhere with wrap this, but... Um, we could probably I wrap it I up. I disagree. I think, uh, I think we've got happiness pretty Listen, well. Listen, we all talked yeah. about, can a fat person be happy at the end? And not one person said a fucking thing that made any goddamn sense. That means it we didn't come up with shit. It depends on how fat. That doesn't matter. <laughs> she has a weight limit. Yeah, tear system. Like Another like fucking skinny person. You're 30 pounds lighter than you were last time you were on the show. And I'm happier now, so... Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can analyze that in a complex way. No, we don't have time. We're out of time. Mm-hmm. Nick J got thwarted again. I think it matters how old you are, too. Well, according to Dr. Summers, or Campbell's, or whatever the fucking name is, your neurochemistry declines <laughs> as you age. Oh, that's, I can't tell you too well, hard. Well, I had a question. I don't know if it's randomly out there, but um, I think someone you mentioned about like the... It was like a culmination of... Short term, I say happiness or like this instant gratification things. Would you consider somebody saying that they're happy because they have a laundry list of things that make them happy temporarily, or is that kind of on the level of delusion? I don't really got to the point of like, right, would you consider well, that happiness I or it, I think it relates back to us saying in the beginning we have to define what happiness is. Yeah. yeah, so if it's temporal and you can't control it or you can't measure it, then maybe it's hedonism. Okay. I mean, I'm all for hedonism. I would yeah. love to. But that's a separate question. You can awesome choose for hedonism and see it as next. different from true happiness. Why is that a bad pleasure dome? Dummies, listen. Pleasure dome. <laughs> you can. Oh, I don't even know what the fuck kind of sex circus <laughs> is. <laughs> listen, you sex can be for hedonism, momentary satisfaction, right. drugs. You can be for all that shit and understand the difference. That's what philosophy is. Thank mm-hmm. you. You well, can know you, the difference you, between the two if, things. If you, if you pursued. That, I mean, hedonism, I think, is probably by definition an over pursuit of yes. joyful things. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it's definitely, in my opinion, it would be a negative. I would be against hedonism, but I would be absolutely for going to an island paradise and, and having uh, Sex with a wonderful time with great food, great Boy, drinks. Jennifer Aniston would join me, of course. I like Jennifer Aniston. We, we, we would make love like otters by the uh, sea. You would do what? As long as he's got that planned out already. Did you just say something with otters? Otters by the sea. Make love like otters by the sea. Oh, we'd make love like otters. Is that different than Sweet Bang? If my whole life was devoted to that and I didn't write my novels and I didn't get an education and I didn't spend time with my family and I didn't come on Dr. J's wonderful show and enjoy myself in that way, then I wouldn't be happy. So, What if you don't like your family? It's part and parcel. I think that's, I mean, I think, um, I gotta look at my notes here. Dr. Taylor has a really good point. It's the little things are fine, but you have to you have to look at holistically. Mm-hmm. Are are is eating this cake making me happy now? Yes. Is there anything wrong with eating the cake? No. no. Is it wrong to eat the cake all the time and get fat and then have to lay in my bed for the rest of my life? Well, that's no. that's Aristotle's <laughs> point: is that does momentary yeah. happiness yeah. lead to long term unhappiness? Mm. And, so, and that's how a hedonistic lifestyle suggests. Right. A, a full philosophical approach to hedonism, like people did in the past, seemed to lead to long-term unhappiness. So then how do you weigh those two things? Like a crack addiction would. They, they say, in the beginning, the crack addiction is actually better because the first times you do crack, you have a greater uh, experience with happiness. And later, it actually is unhappy. Right. Every time yeah, you do it, it's actually just... It's not about happiness later on. It's about getting not rid of the pain. Right. And so that's an extreme different interpretation in terms of what this means. And you could probably grab that analogy and apply it to all momentary happiness. Yeah, well, Dr. Leslie just said something about moderation. I don't know if it's the Buddha or Vasudeva or who, but about, you know, don't 
tune the violin strings too slack or too tight. It's about just right in the middle. You it's know, really deep. The, the three bears, the porridge. The porridge can't be too hot or too cold. I wish that would have picked that porridge. You picked that up. That's hilarious. If she said deep, deep person, you got that on the soundbite. I would pay for it. I would pay for that shit, and I would put it on my car horn. Like every time I fucking bring, I'm a deep, deep person. I thought I ran a green light. Like I would put that shit everywhere. That was the best soundbite ever. Awesome. It's lost. It happens. It's not lost. Fucking edit it out. Put it on a t-shirt. Fuck. I love this shit. Ringtone out of it. Yeah. Ringtone. And about hedonism too. He said that one was good. The approval, the approval of the fascist. The approval of the fascist asshole. Yes. Okay. We need more wine. Let's wrap it up. Wine. Did you pour more wine and we drank yeah, the rest I, of it? Yeah. The fuck's I wrong with wrap us? It up, All right, Dr. Tom, we got to wrap it up. Thanks for being on the show. The Happy New Thanks Show always provides a fruitful discussion that usually um, is greater than the other discussions. So you can thank me for picking this one. Um, that's right, the great master. Thanks, Dr. Tom, for being on the show. Dr. whatever your name is, Campbell. Dr. Leslie, our special guest today, Dr. Porn Summers, whatever the porno summer. Yeah. Dr. Kylie. No, no relation to the dead porn star, unfortunately. Uh, and myself, who's, of course, the smartest, Dr. Nick Jade. And our next show is going to be coming up on Tuesday, and it's going to be about the vegan lifestyle. Fuck your mother! <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs>